Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 349 of Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. Speed running, retro games, <laughs> a hell of a lot of news, and quite honestly, <laughs> I'm actually just glad to be back podcasting. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, though. A lot of my time spent has been actually going through and watching bits of YouTube, just content on YouTube, where I've been checking out, just catching up of a lot of, like, the uh, games, awesome games done quick. They do this, like, the beginning part of, like, uh, the year. They have a couple of different subsidiary major events. One's early January, and the other was, like, during the summer with the summer GDQ and stuff. And basically what I do is I like watching these speedrunners going through my favorite games, like, super fast. Sometimes I actually learn little bits and tricks and stuff if I'm going through, like, a game... Like, say, more recently, if I'm going through like a Mario game, like, say if I'm going through one of my favorite games of all time, Super Mario Bros. 3, and I want to go through and watch a speedrun of how people like uh, Mitch Flower Power or Grand Pooh Bear, these speedrunners can go through and do this and do that. Every time I watch them, I gotta go through and try it out inside of the game. Hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I want to... So that's part of the reason why I actually went through and re-upped my uh, Switch Online for the year, <laughs> most recently, because I wanted to nice. not only just stream a lot of the, just play the SNES and like the NES game app that they have on the Switch, but I love trying out little glitches, little hints and tricks and stuff. Like, for example, inside of one of the levels for Super Mario Bros. 3, in the water world, there's this castle, right? Not this castle, but like a miniature base right as soon as you finish stage two where you have access to these doors and one of the doors and stuff like that is the correct one that you can go up these stairs and like to the uh, room where boom boom is at and yeah that's the name of the boss boom boom <laughs> he's one of the minutes like the mini bosses inside mario 3 so there's a glitch where if you go through the third door super quick like like pixel perfect you can actually skip and go to the the uh, actual stairway to take you to boom boom because honestly it originally you would have to possibly use the seventh or the eighth door or something like that but if you want to cut time and stuff that glitch if you do a pixel perfect which i have done that quite a few times after watching and just experimenting with it oh man it's so fun just to go through and just like uh Try new techniques, and especially if you want to clip through blocks and stuff and bypass an entire stage. I've done that too. I've actually uploaded things onto uh, Facebook. I think it was either last year or something like that, where I'm I'm at stage seven one, right, of uh, Super Mario Bros. Three, and yeah. usually that level you have to go inside of a door and stuff like that, and you have to go through this pipe maze that that auto scrolls up. You have to climb up in order to get like to the top of the stage in order to get to the end of the stage well for this one <laughs> if you go to the beginning part before the door and you run and hit these blocks these section of like this wall just right you can actually clip through the entire wall and back and like go and cut through the entire stage <laughs> i've done that a couple times too just basically by accident there was actually a couple i didn't know i could clip through inside of like world eight and it was just so hilarious because here I am, I'm like one of the uh, last castles of the very game. Right before you have to go to Bowser's like final level and stuff. 
where I was going through this one block part and I accidentally like clipped through the wall. I'm like, okay, how the hell? I didn't know I could clip through this. And all of a sudden I just go past like uh, the initial part that was blocked. So, well, I don't need this item now. <laughs> I just go and just do this. It's like one of the biggest joys about being a gamer who's gamed, who's just played a lot of video games for so long, is you find these little quirks inside of the games you grew up playing, and you just realize, oh, hey, I can actually clip through this wall if I want to get through this now. Oh, hey, maybe if I do it this way, I'm going to go and uh, can finish this level faster, you know? It's like an added challenge, and it's also very enjoyable <laughs> that I've discovered. But, uh, yeah, you know what? I haven't really done too much of anything else besides playing games, watching YouTube, and the general work stuff. But, Tyler, how have you been doing? I'm uh, doing okay. Been been a pretty busy couple weeks since uh, we last recorded. Well, we, I think it was like about three weeks ago we recorded last when we did all those shows. But uh, um, uh, Courtney and I decided to uh, renew our lease at our apartment we're at. So nice. That's kind of a yeah, pretty pretty exciting. Well, not really exciting because we're not really moving. But I mean, I'm, we're not, it's exciting that we're back. We don't have to move again. Um, but we like when we moved in here, we never really made it. Like we just kind of we assumed we were gonna be leaving in a year. Our lease is up at the end of March. Oh, I see. And like, so you're re-up to like really, another year, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because we get they gave us like a, a deal for re-upping for another year. But it was nice. Like, um, is we never really planned on staying here very like for past the year. We we're just like it's a place for now, and then we'll get something better uh, that we want. But it was like it was kind of just like a, a collection of like we just moved all our shit in here, and then we like we didn't really like. Courtney did a really good job of, like, you know, she's pretty good at, like, putting stuff together and making things look nice. Um, or I just put shit places and then it just stays there. Um, so, but we never really, like, made the effort to, like, make it homey. So, yeah. we're, like, I think that's part of the reason, like, we we're, like, ready to leave and, like, what we talked about. And, like, she's like, all right, well, if we stay here another year, we need to, like, put some, like, work, you know, because that means we're going to be here till next for another 14 months, essentially. It's like we need to actually, like, tr- like invest to make this. Uh, like homey so like we went out because it's, it's not a very big apartment like and it's like we just have like like there's stuff that we don't really use that we just kind of like put in places I and mean, she may look nice but it's just there and we don't use it so like we went out and we like we put a bunch of stuff in storage that we don't really use but we're gonna we'll need eventually but not now and we bought some shelves bought um put a bunch of stuff in storage we went out and bought a um we had a queen size or a full size bed we bought a king size bed um, finally, <laughs> that's an improvement we had, yeah, yeah giant improvement because we got three dogs one of one of which is um hers is um new news her name she's a bully mix and she's like 90 pounds and big oh, but God. she thinks she's the size of like a chihuahua so <clears throat> so she takes up a good good chunk she probably gets more of the bed than i do uh so it's been very like compacted on our bed forever now so we got finally got a king size bed we've got these shelves we put like i got a nerd shelf now where I got all my Amiibo sitting out, and it's not just scattered all over the TV stand. Uh, I got, like, a little uh, Last Guardian thing. It's, like, and we got a shelf in the kitchen, and it's not just stuff stacked on the other top of other stuff. So it's it's nice. We actually put, like, the last, like, four or five days, we've done nothing but, uh, like, shop. Like, we got we actually got a kitchen table. Like wow. We got a table now we can sit at. For the first time today, we had dinner at an actual table that wasn't just, our, like, our little uh, table in the in front of our couch. Hey, um, yeah. So for the first time ever today, we had dinner at the table. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's been it's been pretty hectic. We just uh, last like five days. That's all I've uh, pretty much been doing is uh, well, we did it together. But went picked the shit out, got the stuff, got shelves, put all the shit together. Uh, so it's been pretty exhausting uh, week or so. 
Um, so today's like the first time, like tonight's the first time, like we got to sit down and relax and stuff after we put the table together today. And then, uh, but, um, not much other than that, you know, just working a lot, uh, you know, doing all that, um, kind of like you, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Um, I, I played a little bit of a game that I'll talk about here in a little bit, but, right. uh, yeah, like for the most part, I've just been like watching a lot of stuff. So. Uh, just getting caught up on my backlog of like TV shows and movies I want to watch, uh, since uh, there's not um, really a lot coming out for that I want to play for a while. Like, I don't know. I guess we can just jump into like the, the games really fast. Like what we've been playing really fast because I've been playing just kind of like like you like to say like a hodgepodge of stuff. Yep. Um, um, I I don't know. I, I play a little more Death Stranding, and I'm just like I'm not. It's just not clicking for me. I'm just like. Yeah, the story's great, and I like all that, but I just like the the majority of the stuff. I don't like it, so I just kind of like I just kind of put them like I'm done with that. Um, so I, I actually like got like a um, the Doom trailer came out, the Doom Eternal trailer came out uh-huh. like a week and a half ago, and uh, so I I started really playing Doom. I played the first couple levels of Doom again. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the only thing that sucks though is like I don't want to do like I was like oh I'm gonna play through Doom again, but I'll just go do like. Like, you can keep, you can, I'm like, I thought there was, like, a new game plus where you keep all your weapons and all your, like, power-ups and stuff. Like, I'm just going to go through it and play that again with all my shit and just fly through it just for shits and giggles for Doom Eternal comes out. And then I realized there isn't, there's not a Doom, there's not a new game plus. There's just, like, you just replay the levels and they take all the cutscenes and all that stuff out. Um, which kind of, I don't know, kind of sucks, kind of ruins the flow. So, I, I don't know, I played the first couple of that. That was a blast, though. But uh, I was I was wanting like a, a, if they had a new game plus I would have played through that game again. Um, nice. I redownloaded uh, Last of Us. Uh huh. Um, I'm a few hours into that. I've been playing you know playing through that again because Last of Us Two is coming out. Um, and then what else have I I've been playing? Oh I um, God damn I just spaced, spaced it. I don't know. I, oh so I, uh, I I went through the Xbox. I got that one Xbox One X. I went through and went through Game Pass. And I downloaded a few games I want to check out. Um, but uh, I like I, I want to play through uh, um, Hellblade again. I'm kind of in that phase where it's like I want to like replay something, you know. And I'm not like I don't really want to jump anything new, uh, too much. Like at least something that's not big. I was, right. Like, there's one new game I've jumped into a little bit, but like, um, but it's not a very big game. Uh, but uh, for the most part, actually, the funny thing is I did is uh, I had um, got had a little bit of money come in lately, so uh, I I pre-ordered a bunch of games. Oh, yeah, actually, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I pre-ordered uh, Cyberpunk. The, the literally twelve hours before, not even twelve hours before they delayed it till September. Oh um, man, that must have pissed you off right there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm not. Really, you know, it's one of those things. We'll get into it later. Uh, but then uh, I pre-ordered like Doom Eternal. Uh, they have like a deluxe edition you can get. It's, like I think it's like eighty or ninety bucks. I guess there's gonna be a DLC coming out for it. So I uh, I pre-ordered that. Um, what else did I pre-order? Oh, there was oh Last of Us Two. Pre-ordered that. Uh huh. Um, I oh and uh, of course, how could I forget? Probably the most important thing, the Fast and Furious Crossroads video game. I pre-ordered that as well. <laughs> so that's coming out in May because uh, the Fast Nine trailer just came out um, on Saturday, I think. So this as of um, it's Monday night that we're recording this. So pre-ordered that. But the one game I have been playing that's new is a game called After Party. Um, I can't. It's on. It's, it's on the Xbox Game Pass. Um, but um, I can't remember who made it. Um, but they made Oxenfree before. Oh. Um, that okay. was that was their first game. The first game, which uh, I remember, Justin went back and I remember it was like five bucks, like a year and a half ago or so, on Switch. Um, 
we got ported over there. I think remember Justin went back and played went played it on there. And a lot of people actually like I think that game got a little more popular when it came out on Switch and it was like it was on sale for five bucks. I remember seeing a lot of people picking that up or people talking about, hey, pick this game up, it's five bucks. Um, but I love the game. It's like a side scrolling game, but it's like the it's like a, just a bunch of like teenagers and like characters on an island, a bunch of weird shit's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's just like like some of the like the, it's really what makes that game I think great is just like the dialogue between the characters. Like not even the main story dialogue, but just like the the, the back and forth between all the characters in that game, which was it was great. I love that game quite a bit. So this game, um, it came out at the I think at the end of October, the first week of November, one of the two. And I, I wanted to play it, but I was just like I just played Walking Dead, the Telltale, and then Life is Strange too. And I still had like Death Stranding, Star Wars, and uh, Pokemon I wanted to jump into. So I was just like, and I'm playing those Life is Strange and Walking Dead. I was just like. I'm kind of burnt out on narrative-driven games where it's like there's no action, there's nothing like that. It's all like dialogue choices, and just wandering through this world. Um, so I was like, I want to play something different for a while, and then I jumped to Death Stranding. That's got hour-long cutscenes and you're <laughs> walking around delivering mail. Um, but anyways, um, so I jumped into that recently. I'm only like an hour and a half in, uh, but I have laughed out loud on at least four or five occasions. Um, it's a really, it's a really fun, funny game. Like it's, so it starts off like, um, like I was at Lilo and Milo and I can't remember the other person's name. So it's a boy and a girl and they just graduate. They're celebrating. They just graduated college and they're at this party and they're like all talking like they hate parties, stuff like that. Like they're happy to never see these people again, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden like something happens. They're at the party and like the next second they're in hell, they're in hell. And they don't know like what happened. All of a sudden, they, they can only remember a little. The only thing they can really remember about their lives, they don't remember how they, they don't know how they died. They don't know what happened. Um, well, just that one second they're at a party, next second they're in hell, and they're together. And it's it, like, what's there's stuff that happens. Like when they get like when they get to hell, they go like the wait in this line, and they get assigned jobs or like assigned like tortures for like what like happens to them. Like what happened? Like so like you see these people like they get like uh, every day for twelve hours a day. You're gonna get your. You're gonna. Get, you're gonna be hung from your testicles for, um, like stealing, uh, like robbing that convenience store, uh, <laughs> multiple times. It's like, and it's like, or it's like you're gonna get your nipples cut off every day, and they'll have to, they'll grow back. Or you get your boobs cut off. It's like this girl's like you're gonna get your boobs cut off every day, and uh, um, and they'll regrow back every night a little bit longer, a little bit bigger every time, and it's like for like punching a cat or something like that. Like it's a, it's like really stupid shit. Like in like the back and forth, like the, the it, it's really dumb and it's funny. Like, it, but like the, there's some characters that like people, voice actors in there I recognize like, uh, Javanica, I can't remember how I spell her last name, but she was in the, she played the main character in the star Wars battlefront two, mm-hmm. uh, main campaign. And she's in that new movie, a way home or way back. I think the new Ben Affleck movie. She's like the female lead in that. Right. Like she's, she, she's pretty She's fairly famous. Uh, she's done some voice, some gaming stuff before, but she's a big gamer. Uh, Ashley Ashley Birch, who has done a lot of voice acting, she's one of the more famous female voice actors. Uh, she also played Chloe in Life is Strange, which is right. where I, I recognize the voice, but then it took me a little bit to get two and two together. So there's a lot of familiar voices, uh, but the voice acting is great. The, the, the writing is excellent. Um, I think I'm enjoying this one more than like I enjoyed like Walking Dead and Life is Strange. And I, it took me to play this game to realize like why maybe it's like because. There's some seriousness to it, but it's all, but for the most part, it's kind of comedic, and it's like there's a lot of levity to it. Where like in Walking Dead and Life is Strange, it's a very serious game all the way through. There's like yeah, there's some like laid back, relaxing moments, but there's no like real comedy. There's nothing like it's just like 
it's very serious and uh, all the way through. And this game is just like it's a breath of fresh air when it comes out. Where like it's, there are different styles. It's not like like you know, walked in like you just like dialogue choices. You do a little walk around stuff like that. And then it's three D. This one is all two D side scroller. Um, and then like the, what basically what the story of the game is. And I haven't got to um, the, the the main part yet, but the, like the story of the, of the game is that they want to go. They they don't they want to they don't want to be dead. They want to go back and be alive again. So uh, Satan has this rule. Where like everybody there drinks. That's all they do is they just drink. It's a party all the time. Like so, Satan has a party that goes twenty four seven, and you're like you're waiting in line to get into this party, and they ask somebody, "How long have you been waiting in line for?" He's like, "Well, and it's 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 current day, so twenty nineteen." He's like, "Well, um, when I was in line, when I first got in line, Back to the Future was a big thing. So it's been like this guy's been waiting in line for thirty years, wanting to, you know to do uh, to, to get to this party. So it's um, it's pretty good. So basically like." He has, they have this rule, like, I haven't got to the, to the party yet, but uh, basically what they're going to do is they get to Satan. Like, if you can beat Satan in a drinking contest, then you can, you can, he'll let you be alive again, essentially. Take you back to your bodies. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm only a little over an hour in, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, I'm excited to go back to it. And I love the art, the art style, too. It's very um, cartoony. It's very, like, colorful. Um where you know a lot of games nowadays, there's not a lot of color to them, especially like uh, like a Walking Dead, uh, where it's very blah and bland colors, which is is on purpose for like that game. But same with Life is Strange. But I, I just love the uh, the color palettes of this game. Uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying this one quite a bit. Uh, can't wait to go go and play through it again, or play play through it some more. Um, what about you, Gables? All right, for what I have been playing, it's been like a. Like you, what you would just rephrase, like uh, what you were saying, like uh, hodgepodge. So, quintessentially, I decided to play, I don't know why, I just had the urge to play through Mega Man X. Now, for those who don't know what Mega Man X is, it's pretty much like a sub-series of uh, the original Mega Man series. So, it's sort of like a spin-off series, if you want to, if you will. So, these games were predominantly introduced, like, in the 90s. Like, towards the mid-90s and stuff, or early to mid-90s, all the way up until, gosh, I want to say like the mid-2000s and stuff in terms of uh, how many of these X games were there, but uh, I have some nostalgia for the original Mega Man X, more or less because I played the game originally on the Super Nintendo, I beat that game on the Super Nintendo, and so when I saw that the Mega Man X collection was on sale on the Switch's eShop, I decided, you know what, it's time to delve in once again. So I downloaded it, and it took me until this time in order to go through and try playing the original game. And what's interesting is uh, not just like the difficulty of it, but I actually <laughs> remembered almost close to nothing about it besides uh, <laughs> going through specific bosses and stuff. So inside Mega Man X, you have to choose your own stage. At the end of each stage, there's a boss. And so... These bosses are more or less themed after specific uh, animals. So, obviously, you have the Chilled Penguin. You have uh, the Sting Chameleon. You have Spark Mandrill. Armored Armadillo. The Boomer Kowanger. And, uh, let's see, you have Launch Octopus. I think it's about six, now that I think about it. Yeah, and you have Storm Eagle. And I think there's, like, one more that I'm missing. <laughs> I know that's probably gonna like uh, probably 
it's probably just gonna come back to me sooner or later but quintessentially you have i think like seven or eight like bosses that you can go through so quintessentially these are the type of stages and stuff where you can actually repeat over and over again to try to get all the various secrets and everything else that's hidden throughout this game so I decided to go through like the usual, like the normal path in terms of a normal playthrough. Because uh, since I haven't played it in a while, I figured, okay, let's go through like roughly around the same path that I was doing. So I start off on the uh, Chill Penguin stage. And so you have this like lush sort of like uh, icy like uh, landscape of a level where you're basically going through just avoiding a bunch of these little enemy robots that are like sp just sporadically spread out and stuff. You have access to like say these uh, miniature... These kind of like these like uh, mech vehicles and stuff to where you're walking around just controlling these sort of like mech suits and stuff like that, just zooming across the stage. There's one part of the stage where you can actually zoom when you do a jump and stuff, and uh, you notice there's like there's like a little like ledge or something above, so you can actually ditch the robot suit, not yeah, the little uh, the robot armor and stuff to jump higher, and then that will gain you access to uh, like an alternative path and stuff for you to finish off the rest of the level. Yeah. But, uh, I will say, Chill Penguin, Chill Penguin's supposed to be, like, one of the first bosses that you go through and face through the game. You can play the game however you want, play against any boss you want, but normal, normally players start off with Chill Penguin because he doesn't really have too bad of a boss pattern. Quintessentially, he'll either slide around the room, he'll use his freeze breath to create, like, two miniature, like, uh, penguins, and then just, like, uh, go through and just like send them at you he'll jump up on the ceiling and stuff and uh, create this sort of like a wind that like this blizzard that blows you to the uh, either side of the stage and stuff and what you gotta do is you gotta somehow avoid all that and like use charge shots or whatever to do little chips of damage to him before you know your health runs out or anything else like that and put in retrospect, it took me about a couple tries, but I managed to beat Chill Penguin, and that's where I decided, you know, let's see if I can go off the venture pack. Let's see if I try on Boomer Kwanger stage. Yeah, that was a bad mistake by me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily a stage that was difficult. It was more or less Boomer Kwanger the boss himself. So, for those that are asking, what is a Kwanger? <laughs> Quintessentially, it's a particular type of beetle. Or a particular type of, like, uh, almost like a Hercules beetle, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure, but the robot, in general, has, like, the horns of, like, a beetle. Quintessentially. And so, basically what this boss does, he teleports throughout the entire room. So he can teleport, right? And also he can rush, and he can actually grab you and toss you up onto the ceiling. <laughs> so here he is like he comes at me right and i'm not even paying attention he grabs me with his freaking horns tosses me up and then all of a sudden i'm losing like about a good solid like four or five like bars of damage and stuff from this and i'm like okay i'm trying to get a good feel i'm trying to go through and maybe get him inside of a lock where he goes in the same motion of uh in this sort of animation and stuff where he repeatedly tries to grab you and stuff you can jump out of the way and hit him and do this and do that yeah, this guy was having none of that in terms of the RNG. Because <laughs> what basically I ended up doing is I ended up dying multiple times just this one boss because not only was his pattern kind of hard to predict because of how often he would teleport, but sometimes he'll teleport right behind you without you even knowing it, and all of a sudden it's like a split second to react from him grabbing you and doing this and that. 
So after about the fifth or sixth try, I kid you not, I ended up mastering the freaking going through that whole entire level <laughs> without a lot of damage or anything of the sort. I decided to try something different. And instead of going with the Kwanger, I ended up going the route of, uh, God, I want to say Spark Mandrill. Yeah, Spark Mandrill. So basically, this is a gigantic monkey or something like that that has, like, uh, who eats, like, a lot of electricity and stuff like that. So here's the rule of thumb. In terms of weapon weakness, you use the weapon dropped by Ice Penguin when you defeat him to beat Spark Mandrill. And then you can use that to his weapon to be, like, Armored Armadillo, and then use Armored Armadillo's stuff to beat, like, uh, I want to say Launch, no, not Launch Octopus, but basically what it is is like every time you pick up a weapon you get to beat uh you can actually go forth and face a particular boss that's weak against that weapon that's kind of like what i did but uh basically what i ended up doing is i ended up going through a lot of the bosses inside of that state inside of the game and stuff and some of my favorites like listening to the music of like uh, storm eagle and the flame mammoth it just got me it just got me really happy and nostalgic for, like, listening to a bunch of these boss tracks. Because they're pretty freaking good. I mean, this is well-composed. The music's well-composed. The stage layouts are fantastic. And quite honestly, I can understand why people back in the day when they played this game, like, how much fun and enjoyment that you got just out of replaying and trying to get further and further inside of a level. Because, wow, it, it's definitely it's definitely a great experience in that regards. Further on, I decided to get the last couple of levels, like the Sigma levels are called. And basically what they are is like three stages where you have to go through a complete boss rush and then face off against a couple, like a, about a new boss at the end of that stage. So quintessentially the bosses that you already went through and terrain throughout the levels, you get to reface over again inside of three subsequent levels where you have to fight all the bosses again. But this time you have all the different weapons and all the different power-ups. So speaking of power-ups, inside of this game you get to collect things like these uh, little energy hearts, which will increase your life gauge. You can actually collect like power suit power-ups, which will help reduce your damage by 50%, or in the case of like uh, getting the helmet power-up, it'll allow you to break certain blocks or like certain rocks and stuff like that. And those are necessary because you want to go ahead and collect these like E-tanks, these energy tanks. There are four of them, but they're well hidden throughout specific areas. And so, I had to go through a couple times through Flame Mammoth stage because I was trying to get to the secret compartment, but the only way I could do it is if I, like, dash jumped just right so that I could get to the block, like, somewhat, like, almost like a pixel-perfect block in order to jump up and just try to uh, get up, like, uh, just get up that uh, trail and stuff so I can get to that freaking energy tank. And man, it took me about a good solid three or four tries just to do that. But, uh, anyway, these Sigma stages, they have bosses at the end of each of them. Like, one of them's like a gigantic robotic spider that actually goes through and changes the path of its web just to go, like, uh, down and try to hit you with stuff. It'll actually fling, like, little mechanical baby spiders at you, too, that you have to beat and do this. Then there was, like, a boss that, uh, quintessentially is sort of like a big, gigantic, like a... It's, it's some sort of crazy-looking, like, dragon tank where it's, like... It's huge, it just lifts up its head and everything else, like, it's just floating, levitating, and it just shoots, like, beams and all this other stuff. But you get to face off against, like, other bosses, like, Mr. Vile, and, uh, and then you come to the final stage, which I had to repeat, I kid you not, maybe a good solid eight to ten times, because it's basically the final level of the game, right? 
And you have to face off against Sigma. But in order to do that, you have to first beat his mechanical dog one-on-one. Which, no, it's not that difficult to do that as long as you just use the uh, ice shot dropped by uh, Chill Penguin. And then you face off against Sigma personally, who, he has his beam sword, right? And his main issue of attack is he bounces off he bounces off the walls and stuff in like almost a zigzag pattern. I ended up going through and finding out that if I go through and jump in the upper left-hand corner and just let him jump on like the uh, fifth pass around and stuff, I could drop down, jump up, and like say shoot him with like uh, Spark Mandrill's elect- electric attack, which basically is his weakness, and then whittle him down. I got it down to a science, and then I didn't wasn't even taking any damage from him whatsoever. And then the final stage, the final boss of this entire game for Mega Man X, that was the one that I had to retry over again, because basically what it is, is you have Sigma, his head is like fused inside of this like gigantic, kind of like wolf's, mechanical wolf's body. So the name of the boss is called Wolf Sigma, right? And basically, you have his head, and then you just have these two hands that are like floating, right? And you have to get up on these hands in order to do damage to Sigma's head, and so... While doing that, he's shooting, like, uh, fireballs, he's, like, shooting, like, flames and stuff, and all of a sudden the hands, they, like, shoot electricity, like, from either side, and so he had to try to dodge those. And so what I ended up doing is, like, uh, using a lot of my energy tanks that I collected, and I basically went through and tried to wait until these platforms started opening up. You know, because they would move around in circles, right? And I timed the pattern just right so I could jump onto, like, the uh, right hand, like, the right hand a bunch of times and just do a whole bunch of shots with Armored Armadillo's weapon, the Rolling Shield. That's one of the few weapons that'll actually hurt him, besides the a fully charged X-Blaster. Hmm. That's one of those other power-ups and stuff. But I ended up beating the game. I got everything inside hmm. of that game, including the hidden power-up that you could get in Armored Armadillo stage, but you have to, you have to see the spot. I kid you not. Four times, and then on the fifth time, you go to that exact spot at the end of the stage, there is a capsule. There's this giant, like, power-up capsule, right? And so you go up, and there's Dr. Light from the original Mega Man. It's like, hey, here's an extra power-up that I want you to use. And it's Ryu's Hadouken from Street Fighter (laughs) 2. No, it's quintessentially Ryu's Hadouken attack. Mega Man X, he even actually goes through and says a little Hadouken. Every time he goes through it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they actually add a little voice clip, a miniature voice clip of Mega Man X just going through just saying, I don't care. <laughs> Every time he shoots a fireball. And the funniest part about that, that fireball, it does so much damage. You can one-shot bosses with that a power-up. Wow. But only if you remain full charge. I don't know what happened. I was never able to use that Hadouken after I earned it. I I honestly don't understand why. I'm not sure if it was a glitch inside of the game that kept me from doing it. But it was hilarious because here I am at full health. I'm able to do the Hadouken. And yet, I'm not able to perform the Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm doing it right. I, do I have to power it up? Do I have to do this? It's like, I was able to do it flawlessly. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe I died and I lost the access to the weapon. It's like, oh, I hope not. But... Yeah, that was me playing through Mega Man X, and subsequently, that's what ended up being the main catalyst of the reasoning why I have been trying 
and I'm experimenting with potentially having the Nintendo Switch as sort of a retro games console for me because my overall goal is to have on one device all the games that I would have played growing up on top of having new and like current games that I want to play on it. So the Mega Man Collection is one of them. I have thought about purchasing the Castlevania Collection on the, the Switch, even though I have it on PS4. I want to try to download, say, Contra, that collection, because mm. the Contra games, oh my god, I have heavy nostalgia for the original Contra. I played that as a, as a little kid, as a little five-year-old and stuff. My older brothers would play, you know, the co-op feature. You know how co-op inside of the games like Contra are? They're shit. So it's like, <laughs> but essentially they are because you're shooting the other player, kill the other player, and earn their weapons, and then it's going forward. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to play a shitty, if you want to play a real shitty Contra game, play the one that came out. What was it last year? Oh yes, yeah. Trust me, you do not want to play Contra Rebirth. That is that's what it's called. It yeah, is a go. horrific game, and it's the complete opposite of what you want a Contra game to be. And Konami for the life of them, still try to put that game into 3D. Yeah, you, maybe even worse. It's and terrible. quite honestly, the number one thing that prevented me from buying that game is like... The the trailer for it? No, well, not, not the trailer, obviously. <laughs> but there's one thing in Contra that you never should limit, and that's how many bullets you can shoot at a time. You're constantly firing shots, firing bullets and stuff like that inside Contra games. It doesn't matter if you have the regular pistol or if you have like a spread shot or missiles or like a laser beam or something like that. You're not yeah, you're not limited to how fast you shoot. That's never been a thing in Contra up until Contra Rebirth. You have a cooldown bar inside that. That defeats the entire freaking purpose of playing yeah. a Contra game. What well, the that point of Contra? 3D. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, other than that, though, I did play some other games, but quintessentially I did an any percent run through actually all three of the Super Mario Brothers games on NES, as well as Super Mario World. So I beat those four games last night. I played those games so many times growing up, and then when I go through and I have the access to stream them through the NES and the SNES app, I mean... Granted, there are save states that would that are used inside there, but at the same time, I use them either if I uh, run out of lives or something like that, and I just want to repeat the entire level, going through and familiarize myself, or if just random crap just starts happening, like oh, well, I couldn't control that. Well, time to rewind. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's always nice. It's always yeah, it's always nice, and that's a feature that was not prevalent inside of the Mega Man X Collection on the side of the Switch. Every time you'd save the game, it would be right after you beat the stage. There's no save states. You basically have to go through that entire stage like you would if you were playing it back in the 90s. You have to go from the, the beginning to the end. There's no rewinds. There's no save states and stuff. It was actually really refreshing to go back to that sort of way. Because the only time you would save the game is at the password screen after you beat it or after you finish yeah. the level. I love that. I love that because not only do I know where I'm at, but I can go back to the menu, go to password, load the password. They actually reworked it where you can actually press X to load where you left off, and that's where you can go for and do that instead of having to input the cumbersome password system and stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's just little things like that I'll love. But yes, that's that's pretty much it for me for gaming for this week. Well, very cool, man. Um, so we have a uh, like I said, it's been about a it's been a while since we've done like a regular show. Probably like I don't know four or five weeks. Well, no, I guess we did one a few weeks ago, like a month ago. But uh, a lot of shit happened in January. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff happened in January. Um, so I don't know where we want to start here. Oh, uh, let's let's start with um. Let's start, let's start with what happened, what's going on recently. We'll go with most recent stuff here. So, Platinum Games, uh, as of right now, today, on Monday, a lot of shit has happened. Um, mm-hmm. Some rumors started coming out, like, Friday or Saturday, that there was something, that there was going to be a Kickstarter for the Wonderful 101. And Wonderful 101's been, like, ah, it's coming soon. Or it's, like, been rumored forever or talked about forever about being yes another Wii U port uh, to the Switch. Well, there's been, there was some rumors Friday or Saturday about... They were going to do a Kickstarter for uh, for Wonderful 101. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. I didn't really believe it. But it was Game Explain, which Game Explain, um, for the most part, when they say something, it's right. I don't I mean, I, I've subscribed to them on YouTube. I, I like them a lot, actually. I don't watch all their stuff. But when it comes to like, stuff like this, I usually pay attention to them. Um, so that was kind of a rumor coming out. And it seemed like it was real. And it, it was supposed to come out sometime this week. What happened today... Um, I'm pulling up the Kickstarter now for Wonderful 101 Remastered. Uh, so it, they put a pledge out um, for Wonderful 101 on Kickstarter. And it's it's hard to, to say the number right now because every two seconds it, the number goes up. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it's so the pledge they were wanting was $50,000. That was what they wanted. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, and this literally came out around noon or so today, essential time, give or take a few hours. Uh, it is at it just it literally as of speaking just hit over went over eight hundred fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> That's more than the entirety of what it sold on the Wii U. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it, yes, yeah. it is, dude. It's it's, it's got uh, there Think wasn't funny jokes. I mean, it was easy jokes, but it was pretty. I got a good chuckle the first dude. one I saw. Then I seen there's twenty of them, where someone's like they, at one point they had like it was like when it first came out, it was like there was like thirteen hundred backers. And it's like wow, that's more people that bought the game than on, than on the Wii U. <laughs> But it now is. it's at over twelve thousand backers, so. Um, so are there any when, incentives of actually doing pledges to this game? Or? Yeah, so that's um, there are incentives. If um, it's kind of hard because it's in yen, um, so I'm, it gives you a roundabout like uh, my the what am I using here? Google Chrome kind of gives you a sum. So it's like uh, about thirty six dollars if you pledge that much. Get you get a uh, digital you get a digital release of one 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 remastered, and the estimated delivery for this is. April 2020. So April. that means... Wow, that's Yeah, so that too. tells me this game is coming out soon. Uh, if you do about $41, you get a physical release of Wonderful 101. Um, if you back about $51, uh, you get a digital release um, of the game. You get a soundtrack and a comic. Uh, 56 you get a physical copy of the game with a keychain. Uh, 76 you get a physical copy of the game with a CD, the keychain, the soundtrack, a uh, comic... Um, there's two apparently oh you get the digital soundtrack and a physical soundtrack for that one and then if you uh, there's a there's a bunch here Uh, i want to see what the top one is i'm gonna scroll all the way to the end (laughs) i'm gonna scroll out oh my god there is so many options okay (laughs) so this one right here if you back now about eighteen hundred dollars you get um it's called the wonder wonder red remix that is what it's called if you pledge uh over eighteen hundred dollars 
You get the digital soundtrack. You get a digital oh. comic. You get a physical release of Wonderful 101. You get a keychain. You get a, um, a physical CD. You get a T-shirt. Um, get blocked on Twitter by Kamiya. Oh, that's one of the things I saw that the, the director of the game will block you on Twitter. That was one of the things. I forgot. That was awesome. Okay. That's... I love that pledge goal right there. It's like, you'll get blocked by Hideki Kamiya. You know what? I kind of want to back him now, but I got. I want. I'm not going to back him at 1800. But I'm going to find the one where I can. Oh, there's only. Oh, no. uh, you're only seven people were allowed to do this, and it's already. It's already uh, locked. Up. Only seven people can do this pledge, and it's already full. But uh, you get blocked by Camille, which is that's the punchline right there. You get the physical comic book. You get a sticker set. Uh, you get ID cards. Um, you get a soft cover art book. You get some uh, a standee like a poster like a giant actual cardboard cutout thing uh a wonderful pendant uh you get a vinyl soundtrack you get the full cd soundtrack and you get a whole in a jacket all right so where 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 can i get blocked by camille all right once all right so 756 you get blocked by 500 he'll block you 300 he'll block you oh my god no there's it's not in any order there are oh it's not in order oh this is annoying there is one holy fucking balls. There's one that if you oh my god. For five thousand um, dollars, you get all of the other stuff I just mentioned. Plus um, you get a custom controller. That's awesome. A thank you mention in the art book. Um, you get a uh, one a, a button display case, I guess. Uh, you get a twelve inch figure and also you get blocked by Camille. So that's that's important. Um, where, where, where can I, what's the cheapest way I can get blocked by Kamiya? Oh my God. Uh, well, the cheapest way you can get blocked by Kamiya is actually communicating with him over Twitter. <laughs> Probably if I just say something like, maybe if I just say something racist to him, he'll block me. Um, oh now people are just so, saying, oh, for trying to get blocked by Hideki Kamiya. So it looks like for a hundred dollars, you can get blocked by Kamiya on Twitter, but you also get the physical, con- the physical game, the keychain, um, a CD, a physical CD, a t-shirt, uh, a comic and uh, another CD, a digital CD. So for hundred dollars, if you want to get blocked by, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's at eight hundred eighteen thousand. Literally in that three minutes, we've been laughing at that that fucking thing. Um, it's eight hundred eighteen. It went up three thousand dollars. Oh my god. So yeah, it's oh. it's it's pretty crazy watching this thing go up. So um, that's been going on today, and also on top of that, there, there's a uh-huh. website now that Platinum put up. Um, let me see if I can find the actual. Um, thing real fast. Platinum. I was just looking at it earlier. Platinum Games. Here we go. Um. So they got a hashtag Platinum Four is what's going on. That's their thing on Twitter. But there's this website they have they put up today that if you go on, it's four dot platinumgames.com. If you go there, like it. Um, I pulled up just now. It uh. Like it like has this like you're shooting through space thing with a bunch of stars, uh, which is just really the platinum logo, with the star, and then it says the big nu- and big numbers four, and then there's at the top right there's a star, and it glitches every like 20, 20 30 seconds. Um, top right, that one of the stars is actually lit now. The other ones, the other three are grayed out, which is uh been revealed. It's been kind of going on throughout the day, and people were like, is this near Automata four? Because technically, this I didn't realize this till today. I knew there was two near games. There's near and near Automata. Yeah. But the first actual in the universe of near was a game called Dragon Guard. Yep. So people are freaking out. Oh, this is Dragon Guard four because there's been talks that 
the, I can't remember his name, but the, the um, director of the plot of the uh, near games uh-huh. said this, this year is like, I can't remember what anniversary it is, but it's like the 10th anniversary or something of, of near. Which, oh no. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm near, but this is, there's an anniversary of like a, a, a 10 or 20 yeah, year anniversary or something like that. Makes sense if it's like a 10 year anniversary. Yeah. So he said, he, I guess he said in interviews prior that he wants it in, in the year, uh, and, Based in the year 2020, because the anniversary of something, like I said, I remember what it was. He wanted to do something to celebrate it. We had a, there's a near uh, concert going on right now too, where there's uh-huh. one just in Chicago, which I am extremely jealous of because I love near Automata. Um, it's better than Breath of the Wild um, for, <laughs> oh, for the year well, 2017. Automata, so I you should bitch. <laughs> uh, it's a great game, but uh, anyways, uh, so um. He's been talking about he wants to do something to celebrate that and do something. And so there's been like, so people like, there's been a little bit of talk out there. I know this because I just, a near Tom and a fan, um, that he wanted to do something to celebrate. So that was kind of like, oh, maybe with Platinum 4. Like that, that means it's the fourth game in that series. But kind of find out, actually, there are four announcements coming from Platinum. Wow. Uh, I don't know. We don't know when they're happening. Uh, we don't know. It just says coming soon on the website. If you look on all of them, it just says coming soon. On the other three, uh, so Wonderful One One was number one. Uh, we already know they, they just re-released Vanquish and um, Bayonetta. Bay, Bay, yeah, Bayonetta One just got re-released on everything uh, last month, I believe, or it's either coming soon or just just got released. I think it's coming soon. Yeah, so um, that happened. So there's been a lot of talk, like, oh, is like, are we gonna get a Bayonetta Three announcement? Which it feel like, feels oh, like man. it's gotta be coming, man. It's that gotta was, be coming. That was announced at the Video Game Awards in 2017. It's been over. It's it's been almost it's been three years. over two years. Almost well almost at the end of 2017. Years. So yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. You're right. Almost three years. So we haven't heard anything about that game. I mean, probably early in development. I'm not saying it's gonna come out this year, but I feel like that's gotta happen. Uh, maybe some more remakes. We got like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance could be happen. Sure. Still, I'm crossing my fingers for like a bay, for a near not Bayonetta, but Bayonetta three would be awesome. A near Automata something, and also there's that rumor last year that just kind of came out, came and went about. Remember that Scalebound game? Yep. Uh, so that game got canceled by Xbox. That Nintendo picked up the license for it, and oh, that's very for, true too. That was something yeah. that I learned about a while back. But I think yeah. like Spawn Wave or something. The YouTuber Spawn Wave was talking a bit about the licensing picked up by nintendo then that's huh. the rumor but nothing ever came of that um a lot right. it was, i think it was around e3 time so a lot of people thought of e3 maybe skill balance be re-revealed for switch so there's so there's that going on um and also uh, i forgot to uh, mention i want to go back to the kickstarter there were some stretch goals they had so fifty thousand with these was the initial goal to just re-release it but i i, I guarantee you that game was already like if it's coming so the estimated delivery date for those those games is april so that tells me that game was already is pretty much done at this point <laughs> Probably. it's just like hey it's a it's a it's a campaign thing of like you know or a, um, a hype thing for honestly, it honestly um, i think that's probably one of the smartest things they could have possibly done with that game because it yeah. probably wouldn't sold as much otherwise <laughs> yeah so fifty thousand, it's gonna get a switch version Two hundred fifty thousand, which is hit already get a steam version for five hundred thousand, it's gonna get a PS4 version, so that's big. Yep. That's gonna come out to everything. So also with this, um, it's coming out that Nintendo gave them permission to to do this because they own the rights to the Wonderful One Hundred One. Uh, oh, that's name. right. Nintendo so, does own a, the name to the yeah. Wonderful One Hundred One, and they're letting. Yeah. Oh well, that's interesting. So they would so, earn little bits of profit for like the name in terms of like doing that too. 
Yep. And then if it gets to one million, they're going to add like a, a time attack mode. And if it gets to a million and a half, it's going to add a Lucas first mission. It's a brand new 2D side-scrolling adventure starring a young hero. Um, so yeah. Uh, so this, it's so it's already got the five. It's already hit the PS4 version. Time attack is at a million, so that's the next thing. It's I mean like as of right. I mean literally in what 15 minutes, 10 minutes talking about this, it's gone up over seven million dollars. Wow. It's already over 820. It's 821,000. When I pulled this up, when we first started talking about it, it was 813. So it's it's still going. I mean, it's going to cool off eventually, but it'll probably hit a million, maybe get 1.5. But the real the weird thing is is that the the whole uh, stretch goal picture is not completely filled in. It looks like there's like it's partly phased out. So there could be more stretch goals they're adding later. Like where's the Xbox version? Uh, where's the Epic Games Store version? You know things like that. Um, where's Wonderful 101 2 maybe possibly potentially. Um, I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> so it's oh, pretty crazy. Boy. Like I love Platinum. You we, we, you like a lot of the Platinum games. Yes, um, I do. So yeah, I don't know. Like I think this is like, I I played Wonderful 101. I remember I think uh, I, I I bought it not too long after the console came out. Because I remember Justin raved about it, and I just couldn't get into it. I didn't like the because he had to use a touchscreen on the Wii on the Wii U gamepad. Wasn't that wasn't that? Yeah, the, it was. It was. One I hated of those that. In the gamepad. Yeah, so I didn't like that. Um, but I mean, if if they're remaking this for Switch and I don't have to use that, I can use a regular controller for it. And the PS4, like I'm actually interested in that. Like I want to play this yep. game because it sounds really cool. It seemed really cool, um, and I'd li- love to like actually like play this game like the way I want to play it. Um, so, I don't know, Gibbles, where, where are you at with 101? It's one of those games I've had for the Wii U for quite a long while. I actually played some bit of it, but at the same time, I actually put the game down because I got kind of tired of the gimmicky stuff with the gamepad and stuff. But I know that it's one of those games that was sort of went under the radar on the Wii U, and at least with this new <laughs> with this new stretch campaign that they're doing, Platinum is doing, in terms of uh, raising not only awareness for Wonderful 101, but now you have people, like, guaranteed. They got... They actually, I feel like they played their cards right with that, because Wonderful 101, when it came out on Wii U, it really didn't sell all that well. It was actually underwhelming in terms of a release, but it's still, it's still... It was fun. There was a lot of good quirks, a lot of good ideas and stuff. I just wish it was just not readily just everything would do with the gamepad in that regards. But in return, in honestly, inside what we're seeing currently and stuff, this was definitely a smart campaign idea by Platinum Games. Because without this type of like advertising or something like that for their Kickstarter and this and that, which by the way, it's kind of ridiculous to think that a company like Platinum needs a Kickstarter in order to try to get funds and stuff like that for one of their game properties, even though... Even though, like, Nintendo has helped them produce things like Bayonetta 2 and, like, even uh, Bayonetta 3 for some extent. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's one of those things where, like, you, you kind of, like, remember, was it, was it Iga or um, the guy, that, the Bloodsting guy? Oh, Igarashi, yeah. Igarashi, yeah. Um, so that was a big thing. Like, remember, like he did this kick, big kickstart for Bloodstain, like what three, four years ago. Right. And the big thing with him was like, uh, you know, he did a Kickstarter and like it blew, like it broke a lot of records for Kickstarter for them. Yep. And there was a Mega Man game that they brought out that was a fucking failure. Yeah, Mighty um, Number no. Nine. K-T yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that game was a disaster. But like, I'm wondering if it's one of those cases where like, 
um, where you hear about those games come out and it's like they, they hit like they're right away. And then later on you find out they get like, oh, those people are going to help them publish it or these people are going to help them uh, make the, help pay for the, make the game. And I, I think it's one of those cases like where those like those things were already in place. Right. Like where like the help they already had someone, a publisher or somebody else to help them fund the game. But they had to prove to them there was an audience to it. So they put them on Kickstarter and the show that there's an audience for these things and make that money like that boom fast. And like, Hey, like a lot of times you hear like, like a company say, if you go on and get a million dollars in Kickstarter, we'll help fund this game. Well, it's blah, 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 so on and so forth. And I, I, I guarantee you it's one of those cases where somebody's probably already helping them fund this game. Um, oh, yeah. or maybe, and, and this is, and it's like, but we need you to like, we don't know. We don't fully believe there's an audience for one of one didn't sell super well on the, on the Wii U, but to be fair, not a lot of games did sell very well on the Wii U. Um, yes. Other than like big Nintendo titles, like and Mario even 3D the big World, Nintendo Mario titles, Kart. like say Mario Kart Eight, Super Smash Brothers, those were big sellers in the Wii U, but they actually made a hell of a lot more on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, they've already outsold what they did, what what they could have done, what they did on the Switch, or what they did on Wii U. Um, but I, I think that's the case where like. I wouldn't be surprised if someone's already funded this game, or maybe maybe they're doing it on their own as a passion project, but they need to make their money back on funding this game, and this is what it is. Because I mean, they're an independent developer, developer, but anything they do is they, they someone publishes their games. Like Nier Automata was the Square Enix game. Um, got, um, God damn it, what's their next game they have coming out? Or like Astral Chain was a Nintendo uh-huh. game. Bayonetta is yes. a Nintendo games. Bayonetta two, three, and three were. Bayonetta one was a Sega game. Bayonetta two and three are te- still technically Sega games. Um. So you you know, Scalebound was an Xbox game, so I I wouldn't be surprised if like one of two things either they need help making the money back on funding this game, but they'll probably I mean they'll probably make that back in sales, but um, or two like they're trying to prove that there's there's a case to maybe make to fund and make Wonderful One Hundred One maybe Wonderful One or Wonderful One Hundred Two, huh? That could also be something that uh, may potentially come down the line. But honestly, when I, I think about surprised. it, when I think about it, there's a couple of things that uh, initially kind of struck me, and that's something I realized while we were both discussing this. In terms of pre-orders and stuff like that, a game like Wonderful 101, honestly, I don't think would get like a lot of pre-orders and stuff like that for, say, at a GameStop or this or that and stuff like that. Oh, no. But uh, in terms of this advertising say by platinum games and the stretch for things i wouldn't be surprised to see more game developers try doing something similar i know they i know there have been game developers have done things that are similar to that say like shinmu 3 and like bloodstained and this that and stuff but this is actually one of the first things i've seen where like i'm like a major kind of publisher like a major like gaming developer you know like in platinum games and stuff like that going to kickstarter doing that you it's like you gotta believe that they had some sort of funding involved and stuff like that because they already have it seems like to me is they already have the stuff relatively done it's just like all that's left now is just to get enough interest in order to release this game and quite honestly by what they're doing for the stretch goal it absolutely makes sense because they want to make the most bang for their buck and they don't believe i don't think platinum believes that by if they released it normally, it probably won't get as much, but adding these incentives, these stretch goals, and all these other, like, weird quirks, like being blocked by Hideki Kamiya, which that's mm. just still, that's meme-worthy right there. 
how you can actually get blocked by one of the key developers inside the game. <laughs> but uh, I just feel like that this was just a gigantic PR move that actually ended up working for them in the long run. Because now they got more profit than what they can do with for the Wonderful 101, and they don't even have a concrete date of when it's going to release this year, other than like an April, like, like stretch goal, pretty much. Yeah, so it sounds like April is the est- so it'll probably be come out in March or April. So that tells you obviously, like we already said, it's coming out soon. Um, so the, the cheapest one, the, the back is, uh, it's about thirty dollars, about thirty six dollars. It says um, you get the digital release for this game, and I, I just googled now, like if you can purchase this game like outside of Wii U, and there's nothing out there for it yet. Nope. So um, there's no no other way to get like basically pre order this game. Outside of this Kickstarter, which for about, like it says, $36, you can pre-order the digital version. So, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't know, going into the Platinum 4, the, the, four, the four announcements they're going to make, um, we know one is Wonderful 101. It's going to remastered. We can, is it safe to assume that Bayonetta 3 is one of those four? You know Would what? you assume that? I... Honestly, at this point, I would assume that Bayonetta three would be one of those four announcements. Yeah, and um, we don't. I don't. I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hope. It's more of a the the fan of me is hoping it's a near announcement of some sort. Um, even though we just had the <clears throat> the near the, well, the re- yeah. re- re-released near last year for like a bundle last year. Um, even if it's like a remaster of the original near that came out like around oh, 2010 for the 360, you know, that would that, be nice. Yeah, well, it was a PS3 uh, exclusive, actually. Because guess what? Um, it actually is actually on both, the PS3 oh. and also the 360. Oh, was it really? I thought it was like exclusive. I'm here's sorry. the kicker. You cannot play that game backwards compatible with the Xbox One. Mm. That was one of the RPGs that I could not I could not go through and buy, even when sitting on GameStop, because the only way you can play games like that or Eternal Sonata is by actually playing on the original hardware. And yeah, that is a big old freaking pain in the ass in that regard so i'm hoping that it's like some sort of a remaster for the original near that'd be awesome yeah i think something near has got to be one of those three is the fourth one like going back to the kickstarter proving that there's an audience for this game could the fourth one be hey we just made we're they're they're gonna break a million probably tonight so or sometime early tomorrow as of this recording time easily is this gonna be like can the fourth one be Wonderful 101 2? Well, or you know what? Oof. Oof. That's a good point. If, if you're a betting man, what do you think's the, the three most... The other three... So we know one. There's three more. What do you think the three most likely are? Let's I think see. Ban- I think we can both agree Bayonetta 3 is one of them. All right, so there's yeah, two I more. Agree, I agree that Bayonetta 3 is probably one of them. But uh, the other two, I would think, is one's going to be like a near... The original Nier remake, mm-hmm. or like a remaster. Yeah. And the last one, I could possibly see it being like, oof. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, I'm trying to rem- Okay, now, say again, what were the other two options that we have here? Like, say... So, there's a Nier remake, or something yep. Nier. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful One 2. Scale bound come back. Okay. Out of those two, I would think that'd be like a one, one like wonderful one oh one two, honestly. I would bank more than say like a scale bound S sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. It just makes sense. If 
they break a specific point, you know? this There's got to be more to this than just, like, what I was stating previously in terms of raking up more awareness of the Wonderful 101 and this and that, you know, get all these stretch goals and stuff like that. Because, honestly, if they have already are being funded and stuff, this could potentially try to gauge interest so they could release a Wonderful 101 too. It's like a sequel or this and that, which that would be interesting. And I believe that that would happen if that game sold well, <laughs> the original. Yeah. I'm wondering, though, too, maybe it's just three new projects. Possibly. Maybe Bayonetta 3 is not one of them. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways to go with this. And it's exciting. Like I love Platinum. Like when Platinum is good, it's it's great. You know, like, there's a <laughs> lot of true. Sh- there's a lot of shitty Platinum games. Like remember, like Justin and I played the Ninja Turtle game that was garbage. And yeah, was that, that was not that, good. There's they had a stretch there where they like because there's a lot there's like I think like three or four different actual like Platinum teams. Yep. And uh, like you can uh, like we found that out the hard way that like. We didn't know that until we, until the digital game. Oh, there's like there's like an A, B, C, and D team. Uh, so and the 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 D team got put on Ninja Turtles. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just exciting. Like, what can it be? Because I, I mean, I adore Platinum games. Like Metal Gear Revengeance is a is fucking fantastic. Ooh, what if it's a fucking remaster of Metal Gear Revengeance? <laughs> oh God, I didn't even think about that. Why is this just not pop in my head? Like it'd be tough because. Because you know Konami doesn't like video games anymore, so much, whatever. Ooh, Gables. What's what hilarious, I actually picked up that game for the 360, or like the X, my Xbox One not too long ago, and that's one of the nice. backwards compatible games. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> Just give you a little that... FYI in case you get a craving to try to find that game. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to check that. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, that'd be nice. I love that. Ooh, Gables. Ooh, that game is fucking good. Oh, that could be it. That could be well, one hey. of them. Give me some credit. I've been doing some research in the backwards compatibility for Xbox One, and that's why I have a good collection of Xbox 360 games again. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, ooh, God damn, it could be a lot of different things. But we got to move can. on. Yep. We can, we can, we can, we can think about this forever. But we got to move on a bunch because we have a plethora. That was the topic number one. We got a lot, a lot to go to. Um, so I'm going to move it to next. This is a big one. It happened a little bit, a little bit, uh, a couple weeks ago or so, but we can have to go. Uh, but PlayStation will not be at E3. Um, I don't know, Gables. I don't know about you. Um, I was, you know, it was something we talked about last year when about this, about the same last year, I want to say, where um, they announced that, like, Sony announced that PlayStation wouldn't be at E3 for 2019, and we we're all kind of stunned and shocked. I was like, well. They got the big four. They have like Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us. Um, what was it at that point? Days Gone and Last. I'm, let's see. There's oh fuck, we are forgetting the fourth game. Last of Us Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Days Gone. What was the fourth one? It's gonna drive <laughs> me goddamn nuts. Um, oh, honestly, God. I forgot at least what the I, fourth game was. Me too. Moving on though. Uh, we'll come back. It'll hit us eventually. We'll feel like idiots. But um, so we're like, well, that makes sense. The year in twenty eighteen, all they had was those four games, and they had uh, Resident Evil two to show off. That was it. And then like a couple of like VR games. So there wasn't a lot to show off. And then, uh, you know, we're, we we all kept saying, okay, well, twenty twenty, the new consoles come out, they'll come back, no big deal, whatever. Well, now they announced they're not going to be E three this year. Um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this. Like we're like. 
where is like PlayStation at? Where is E3 at? Like what's going on with E3? It's like it's kind of a bummer. Like E3 is like Christmas to us gamers. Like we like you and I, a lot of gamers, even like people just in the industry. Like it's kind of interesting like listening to people like when it was announced like going on Twitter and like listen to people that like that like they're like IGN, GameSpot, YouTubers that that go to E3 every year and like it's a big it's a big celebration. Like it's a it's almost like a year-end celebration in a way for uh-huh. video games for them where they all get together and they just like it's parties and it's like we get to like we get to play all these like new games that are this kind of announced sealed reveals and it's a, it's a big great experience and for us it's it's great like seeing all these games we love e3 it's christmas for gamers you know and um you know it it, it sucks to see that maybe e3 like is kind of dying you know like we, we we've seen the writing has been on the wall for a while you know for e3 where it's like you know, EA left, but they're still around. They're still in the area. They have EA play every year, you, but it's like down the street. Microsoft left, but they're still they still have a press conference every year. This is down the street. Now Sony is out as well, so it's like Nintendo is kind of half-assing. They don't do press conferences anymore. They have done them for a while, to be fair, but like they still at least have like a little area set up in there. And but it's like Activision isn't there anymore. They just kind of put Call of Duty or whatever the hell they're releasing in the like someone else's booth, things like that. So. I don't know. I don't know how we want to tackle this, like in what order. But it's like, it, it, like in a way, like I could see like why like they want to break off of E3 because like off that whole thing, like where it's going. Because like we see them try to be more like, and it's something because that's that it sucks because like I would like one of my goals in life is from a kid is like I want to go to an E3 one day, and now they actually sell tickets to go to E3. But it's like why want to go to E3 when the people the things I want to see at E3 aren't there anymore, or the majority of them aren't. I don't know. So. I don't know. Where are you at with this, Gables? Well, for one, I'm not surprised that Sony wanted to elect and uh, drop out of E3 for like the second year in a row, considering that they do their state of play stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, it's at that point and stuff where a company as big as Sony doesn't need doesn't need to go to the LA Convention Center whatsoever to bring their games along with them to advertise in that sort of retrospect. But at the same time, it's like E3 as is almost becoming an entirely different entity than what it once was where 20 years ago it was like a massive sort of like celebration you still have parties and stuff like that but the last 10 years has seen this thing progressively just kind of decline in terms of like not only in terms of which companies are attending i mean hell rockstar that was one of the first companies that decided to do their own separate type of things then obviously with like say with sony with bethesda with God, even with Nintendo to some extent, even though they bring their games over to the E3, like the convention center and stuff like that, let gamers go through and like play their other stuff. For Sony, they were a large major part, but at the same time, the last couple of years has proven that they don't need to go to an E3 in order to show off what games they want to show off. What's weird to me is, what's the best way to really advertise your console? your new console that's going to be coming out towards the end of this year, wouldn't you want to have, like, say, people, like, say, actual gamers go through and get their hands on, like, the new device and stuff and play some of the demos and the new games at the convention center? As, you know, and that's just the thing. From my perspective, yes, because you want people to be hyped coming into the holidays knowing full well that, hey, this game was amazing that I played. I want to buy it when it comes out in late November or in December. That's what I don't get about this announcement. 
I feel like that this is a completely missed opportunity to get gamers, the people that you're trying to sell this console to, you know, not having access to play those type of, like, like the main draw games, the launch games that are going to be out for the PlayStation 5? Yeah. You know that Microsoft is going to do something to where gamers are going to have that option to go through and maybe try the Series X, see how much power is behind what they got going with their device, have some key games that are going to be on display, probably Gears to some extent, maybe, like, Senua Sacrifice 2... And that's the whole thing that really kind of confuses me about Sony dropping out of the E3 and stuff. This is a pivotal year. This is the end of the life cycle for the PS4 and introducing the PS5. You want every last bit of momentum to ride in so you don't have to do or you don't do what the transition from PS2 to PS3 was when in terms of that. Which quintessentially the transition to that was high price... Skews that were relatively underwhelming and underpowered at the time. And on top of that and stuff, there was a lot of extra features that many gamers didn't bother going and getting up until the system was like about God, three or four years into its life with all the other stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know what? That's kind of where I stand with Sony and E3, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, I mean... I'm not. I I think there'll be something there. Uh, I think they'll be around in some sort. Like you know, Microsoft is around. They're just not at the actual E3 area. Um, EA like they still have their big gaming event, but they're not at E3. Technically, I I I feel like they have to because it's something that people talk about a lot. Where like that's E3 is a big thing not only for the you know for fans and and people in the industry as like you know people that work for IGN, GameSpot, things like that, YouTubers, but also it's it's a place where a lot of you know business people that work in the gaming actually work for gaming companies. Yeah, like that's where they get together and discuss and have business deals. Um, so I think that'd be important for them to be there in some sort of way, um, and also for like you know people of, like YouTubers, IGN, GameSpot of the ilk, you know, uh, video game uh, was it game industry biz things like that to actually play the game that they're going to talk about um, to be there. So I, I think they'll be there in some capacity. Now, I wouldn't be surprised, but what do you think? There's been that rumor going on that they're going to have a, a big event in February to announce the new the new PS5. Do you think that's going to happen? I think that's more than likely that they'll have some sort of event, but I'm not sure if it's going to be this month. Rumors mm-hmm. are suggesting that there is like uh, inklings that Sony may have a big event. Honestly, was it something that Sony initially went through and kind of... No, actually, no. That was a fake that was going around the internet, honestly. I think it was. That got people convinced there was something going. But that's what I was thinking of. Because I was seeing little bits of images and stuff around on Twitter. Like, around a couple days ago in response to that. But, uh, honestly, what does make sense for Sony is... If they're going to go through and, and unveil the PlayStation 5... They have every... They have every, like, bit of room and every bit of space and stuff to unveil it. Big blowout and stuff. They don't have to wait for anything, you know? But doing it, like, say, in February would make the most sense because you have almost the entire year to stew on it and, like, theoretically, like, plan on it and stuff like that if you want to buy it. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're going to do something because, like, you look at 
last generation. I mean, things are different, way different now than what they were in 2013, yep. I mean, gaming-wise. But you look at in February 2013, PS4 was revealed. In May of 2013, the, the Xbox One was revealed. Um, so I think we'll hear something and we'll see some stuff before then. Because I feel like we're going to get a lot of shit out of the way. And then when we get to e- that E3 time, we're going to start to see the big blowout. But with PlayStation not being there, maybe we'll have a big blowout. I, I think it's smart, maybe. Like, we've already seen the Series X with a new Xbox is going to be. Um, but I feel like it's smart to get that out of there. And I can understand why, you know, play, even though PlayStation 1, uh, they destroyed um, Xbox at E3 that in that year, 2013. Uh, oh, we, had, like, we talked about that, yeah. Yeah, like that was our, literally our first podcast was was, was E3 2013 oh, and how gosh. they destroyed them. And it, it's funny, like, but I can see why they don't want to be part of that, where they, they can have the day to themselves. Like, yeah, maybe it's great to destroy your competition. That, that thought, that's probably better. But also, like, it makes sense. Like, you can just have your own day, have your own time, reveal stuff when you want to. And not share. That's like it's great for us because we love seeing all this like cool shit happen in like a two three day experience. For them though, it's probably more important to like we are gonna own this time. So if they do something in February March to reveal a bunch of shit, and then May July whatever they start slowly dripping stuff out of like this is what's going on. Um, that can be important. Also the fact that like they're not like they can wait for Xbox to like reveal their hand like. We've seen what the Series X looks like. But we don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know what's coming at launch. You know, we have nope. there's rumors out there, but that can like reveal, like wait for them to like reveal their hand. I mean, like with the Wii, we didn't even see it or know what it was until September of yeah. what 2006, 2007, 2006. That was like a few and months until the thing released. The same thing yeah, almost with the two Switch. months, two and a half <laughs> months before it came out. Is when we finally saw it at Tokyo Game Show 2006. Yep. And that was in September of that month. And, and it came out the week before Thanksgiving in, in November. So, I mean, and, and with, with the way the internet works and time works now, that's not a big deal. Like, they can they can wait till July, August um, to, like, let Xbox play their entire hand. Maybe it's not so smart because I'm sure pre-orders will come out around E3 time for Xbox. I don't know about that. Maybe they want to do it earlier because, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a big risk. I think... There's a lot of ways you can go about both ways, but I feel like at some they're going to have some sort of impact around E3 time. Uh, I, I still think we'll see something before E3 and like you know that, that this late winter, early spring period, maybe from both companies, and then we'll see something in the summertime from both the big blowout. Um, I don't know, but it's exciting. It's a it, it's it's a weird exciting. Where are you at with the next generation? Are you looking forward to it? Like, are you leaning a certain way? That's that's something I want to talk to you about. Oh, well, that's a good question. As far as next generation goes, I really am not ready for the next generation of games. I'm not ready for the next generation of systems. And quite honestly, I think it's going to take me a bit of time before I actually want to invest inside of a next generation console. Yeah, That's where I stand at right at this moment. Not knowing anything in regards to the actual confirmed things for the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. That may change come June or whenever we hear more announcements and stuff. But right now I'm perfectly content with what I have on my Switch, what I have the PS4. Hell, the Switch may be that system where I just play nothing but it for the rest of the year. It's got that potential and that many great games that I want to play on the system currently. So, yeah. You know what? 
I'm just sort of like in a wait and see approach. That's why okay. I'm doing it. How about you? All right. Um. So, you know, I, I've I've thought about it quite a bit, and I'm I've gone in with a preference the last few generations. Uh-huh. You know, I've talked about a lot. You know, when you look at a few generations ago, I was I, at the end of it. I was I was I had a PS. I had all three. I had Xbox, PS2, uh, GameCube. Um, but I, I came up a, a game, a huge game. I was a Nintendo fanboy for a majority of my life, but I, I love some of the, 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 uh, exclusives for PlayStation. And then I was going, I was all Wii U or all Wii. I'm sorry. Going into the next generation. I was a big Wii fan. Like, Oh, it's way better. Fuck the 360. Fuck the PS3. Wii's the best console. And then I came out of it. Like I hated the Wii. I was a 360 guy, but also, um, uh, you know, I, I put, I had the PS3 before I could play the exclusives. And then going into the new that this current generation, I was all about what the Xbox. I was all Xbox One. I'm like, that's the console I'm going to get at launch. That's the one I'm going to play. And then eventually I'll get a PS4 down the line. And then obviously the E3 happened, totally switched where we were at. Um, and I, I feel like you know obviously they won the generation like uh, two to one almost. It sounds like maybe even yep. more um, with the PS4. And I'm going into it now where like you know same kind of idea where like. Uh, I'm, you know, the Series X coming out sounds cool. It's probably gonna be more powerful. It sounds like than the PS5. Uh, but there's gonna be two models of Xbox at launch. It sounds like uh, a cheaper one that's less powerful, and then the uh, the, P- the Series X, and then also a PS5. But what I'm looking at is, is that Phil Spencer came out and announced that they're not gonna have any Xbox Series X exclusives for another until 2021, 2022. So to me, I'm going into it looking at if I'm gonna get one console at launch, it's gonna be the PS5, where like. Okay, Halo Infinite is going to be a launch title for the new Xbox, but it's also going to be on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And I have the One X, so it's like, why am I stressing about getting the new? I mean, I, it'd be it'd be awesome to have the new powerful, pretty thing, but it's like, if unless Sony announces the next thing, like, hey, Say Horizon Zero Dawn Two is a is the launch game for PS Five, but also you can play it on PS Four. Like, I'm probably gonna, I'm, I'm like you, I'm going to wait, but if it's exclusive to PS Five. Obviously, one of my favorite games of this generation, if you just listened to our last podcast, um, I'm going to be a PS5 guy. That's where I'm going to go. So I'm leaning more towards that. Like, well, I'm assuming at this point in time, I'm going to get a PS5 around launch time if able to. Um, but I'm, open, I'm being open-minded. It's kind of a fun time where I'm being open-minded about everything. <laughs> where I mean, I'm not like, I don't have, I don't have that fan. Like, I, I play most of my games on PS4. I play my exclusives on Switch. And then like Game Pass stuff and exclusives I play on, on Game Pass, but it's kind of a fun time. Where for the most for the first time in, a, in my entire life in the last couple of years, I've been pretty console agnostic. Where I'm not a fanboy of anything, like, and it's just it's fun. It's a fun time. It's more fun now, and I'm not getting like irrationally angry about like fanboyism. I'm not like oh fuck you for saying something bad about Nintendo or the Wii. Then the Wii, the GameCube is amazing. Blah, blah blah, which it is. But I'm wrong. But like you know you like I'll, I don't have that like. Um, I don't have that guard up anymore. It's it's a fun time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm in, I'm like I said, I'm leaning towards assuming I'm getting a PS5 at launch. We're gonna wait and see. Um, but let's move on because we got a lot to talk about and we, we're quite a ways into this. This will probably be broken up in two episodes. So that means uh, episode 350 will be uh, a second part, and we're gonna call that the I need about 350 episode. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a thing. I need about 350. We've been making that joke for six goddamn years, and here we are, Gables. Finally here. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally fucking here. They need about 350 episode. Um, 